The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Maybe you know someone whose voice drives you nuts. It could be an aesthetic thing. The sound just strikes your ears in the wrong way, and like hearing nails on a chalkboard, you want it to stop. I have no idea who I'll alienate by saying this, but that's how I feel about Alvin and the Chipmunks. I just want it to stop. But sometimes there are voices that are obnoxious because of what they say, or what they have said, or what they're not saying. It's the meaning of the words carried by the voice that drives you nuts, and you wish it would just stop. The classic case, of course, is the rising volume coming from the back seat of the car, which ends with one kid or the other shouting, Stop talking to me! I wrote this earlier in the week, and yesterday it happened on the way to soccer. <laughs> That's a pretty amazing thing, that talking is so powerful, that words can carry such force. You know the old mantra, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's not true. Words can hurt worse than sticks and stones. They can hurt so bad that you might even find yourself resorting to sticks and stones just to shut someone up. That's how the Jews felt at the Feast of Dedication. Jesus' words were so obnoxious to them that in the very next verse after our Gospel lesson, they picked up stones to stone him. His voice was so grating that they would have done anything to shut him up. Why was that? What had he said that was so offensive to them? Maybe it was two chapters earlier when he said that they were slaves to sin, that they were not the children of Abraham, that they were not children of God, but children of the devil. Those words cut to the core. He's saying that they've been all wrong, that they've believed lies, that they need his word and his truth to set them free. Or maybe it was what he said today, that they are not among his sheep, that they're outside the fold. Those are some pretty painful words from Jesus. But stone him? Really? Why not just dismiss him? 
As a matter of fact, why did they bother asking him the question in the first place? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Of course, he had told them. And he had shown them. And that's why they couldn't just write him off. The miracles that he's been doing, curing the lame and giving sight to the blind and feeding the multitudes, that's not the work of a demon or someone out of his mind. That's not the work of someone you can just dismiss. And he doesn't keep them in suspense. He drives the point home, forcing a crisis. I and the Father are one, he says. Now that's a real problem. That's a claim that you cannot ignore. Because if it's true, then you have to listen to him. If it's true that he's the Son of God, that he speaks on behalf of the Father, that he himself is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord of the Sabbath, the one with authority to execute judgment, then everything that he said, everything that he said about the peril of death and sin, about life and salvation, about being born from above, and eating and drinking his flesh and blood, about forgiveness and righteousness and truth, everything that he said is not just vain ramblings, but the very Word of God with the authority of God. And it calls you to repent and it invites you to believe. And to ignore it is to come under His judgment. You can't just write it off. Either you listen to His voice or you have to silence it. Think about the range of ways that we silence voices in our lives. Selective hearing, that's a good one. We master that at an early age. You just pretend that you haven't heard the things you don't want to hear. Or you create distance. You go out of your way to avoid conversation, and when it's inevitable, you keep it superficial. That's a bit harder to do, of course, when it's the voice of your conscience that bothers you but it's still possible. You fill your ears with other voices that drown out your conscience and take the edge off. It's amazing the repertoire of techniques that we use not to hear a voice that we don't want to hear. But the Jews in our text, they take it to the extreme. They pick up stones to stone Jesus because they couldn't stand his voice. Now it's essential to observe this. Jesus has one voice. The same voice that the Jews couldn't stand is the voice that Jesus' sheep hear and follow. It's the voice that they love. It's not a different voice. It's not that there's one message for those outside the flock and a different one for those inside it. It's the same message, the same voice, the same call to repentance and faith. It's the same word of God. The same word of God's righteous wrath over sin and his merciful deliverance by the blood of Jesus. It's the same promise of eternal life to those who trust in him. It was only by the grace of God that when you heard the voice of the shepherd, you followed him. And it is only by God's grace that when you heard the voice of Jesus, it sounded sweet in your ears. And it is also by the grace of God that the voice of your shepherd cannot be silenced. 
Prophets had been stoned and their prophesying stopped. John the Baptist was beheaded and his preaching was done. But Jesus, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, he has a voice that cannot be silenced. It's a voice that even the dead can hear as he calls Lazarus to come out of the tomb. It's a voice that cannot be muted even when he himself is placed in a tomb and a stone is rolled over the mouth of it. It's a voice that carries to the depths of hell and brings out light from the grave. A voice that is powerful and full of majesty. A voice that breaks the rocks and shatters the proud. A voice that speaks gently to the humble and makes promises to the lowly. It's the voice by which he guides you, his sheep, to springs of living water and with which he soothes you while he wipes away every tear from your eyes. It is by God's mercy and compassion for you that the voice of Jesus couldn't be silenced. Though they picked up stones to throw at him, though they nailed him to the cross, though they thought they had succeeded in shutting him up, he still speaks his promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off. Although there are bears and lions and thieves that would love to snatch the sheep from the fold and devour them, Jesus promises that his sheep will never perish, that no one can snatch them out of his hand. And the guarantee is that his voice, his words, endure forever. His sheep hear his voice and follow him, and he will give them eternal life. But the persistence of the voice of Jesus is not just mercy for you who hear and believe. It's also mercy for those who hear and do not believe. Think of what a judgment it would be if, when he's rejected, Jesus stopped talking. That, in fact, is a terrible judgment that is from time to time leveled, even at God's people throughout the Bible. The prophet Amos calls it a famine of hearing God's word when God stops talking and no one can hear the voice of the shepherd. There are many for whom his voice is obnoxious, but it is in his mercy that he continues to call them. For how could they ever hear and follow him if his voice went silent? Thank God that we have his word in such abundance that we have his voice so clear and sweet in our ears. Thank God that you have a good shepherd who calls you by name. And through you, when you speak the truth, when you speak the gospel, he continues to let his voice carry into the world. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.